continue with the first volume of Igros Moshe, an advance over Moshe finding 30th yard site later this uh, year. And uh, last night we discussed Rav Moshe's tshuva about having flags in a shoal, Israeli and American flags. He said it was ideal not to have them next to their own Kodesh, but certainly one should not make a machlokas over such a uh, relatively insignificant issue. Tonight's uh, tshuva will introduce a series of tshuvas, which we won't get to all tonight, about mechitzas, the height, how tall a mechitza should be, uh, according to Ramosha Feinstein. So we'll start with the first tshuva that he deals with, and again, this is not going to be the final word, or we'll continue uh, Hashem tomorrow night, for sure, or maybe another night. Uh, the first tshuva was written in 1945. There was a uh, rabbi, uh, David Stern, was a, uh, he had taught math in Columbia University, and later on became the menial, the principal of Torah Vadas. Um, the yeshiva, and so he posed the following question to Rav Moshe Feinstein in 1945, and he said that many shoals, many of the shoals um, at the, during that time period were starting to get rid of their mechitza. And he thinks that perhaps some, one of the reasons is because people were just ignorant about how important it is for a shoal to have a mechitza. And he says, he asked Rav Moshe to please clarify um, publicly the obligation to have a mechitza in a shoal. And also, by the way, this Rabbi Stern was very influential in the early days of the Young Israel Movement. So Rav Moshe responds to him, first of all, by, uh, by talking about the, uh, the source for Mechitza. Why do you need to have a Mechitza to begin with? So the source is a Gemara, that, a gemara in Sukkah, which talks about the Simchas Beis HaShoeva, that um, after, on Motzei, uh, starting on the Motzei, the first day of Sukkot, they would gather in the uh, Beis HaMikdash, and they would have a celebration celebrating the Nisa HaMayim, the pouring uh, of the water. So, during that celebration, the Gemara says that they instituted a tikkun gadol, a great enactment was instituted. So the, uh, so the Gemara asks, what was this great enactment that was instituted during the celebration? So they said that they enacted that there should be a separation between men and women, and specifically they created a balcony in the base of Mikdash to separate, so that the women can be uh, higher than, uh, than the men, so that there wouldn't be any kalos rosh. In the words of the Gemara, there should not be any frivolousness, frivolity, um, or lightheadedness, during this celebration. And so the Gemara asks, how are you allowed to change something? We know that when David HaMelech commanded a Shlomo about how to build the base of Mikdash, right, he says, you can't change anything from, uh, from how I told you to build it. So Rav answers and says that actually um, the, the time period when they, when they created this balcony in the base of Mikdash, they were, um, their source was actually from a Pasuk in the, in the Navi Zechariah when he talks about the end of time during the wars before Mashiach's final coming, the uh, Mashiach ben Yosef winds up being killed, and there's a huge uh, funeral and there's a eulogy, there are Hespedim in memory of Mashiach ben Yosef, and it says explicitly in the Psukim that the kings of Malchus based David are there, and their wives are there as well, but they're sitting separately. So says the Gemara, Akal Vachomer, if during a funeral you need to have separate seating, then certainly at a time of the greatest joy, in the base of Mikdash, there should be separate seating. And therefore, because there's a precedence, and Rav Moshe views this as actually having the status of a Do'oraisa, that everyone agrees with him, but he says it's a Do'oraisa, and that's why, that's the origin for the obligation to have a Mechitza in the base of Mikdash, which would extend to any time that, that Jews are gathering um, in, in large numbers, it would seem. Right, so, so he says, but what's very clear from the terminology of this Gemara, and again, Rav Moshe um, holds this, but not everyone agrees with him. He says it's very clear that the purpose of a mechitza is to prevent kalas roj, to prevent lightheadedness, frivolous behavior in a shul. Therefore, he says, the height of a mechitza only has to be high enough that it would prevent 
that kind of frivolous behavior. He says it has nothing to do with men seeing women during davening. It has everything to do with men and women mingling in a way that's disrespectful to Shul. Therefore, he says, that the height of a mechitza has to be roughly the height of, the, uh, of a person's shoulder, which he concludes is, uh, is 18 tfachim, roughly uh, a little bit more than 5 feet tall. That's the minimum height for a mechitza, according to Rav Moshe Feinstein, based on his understanding of Kalas Rosh being the primary issue in determining... Uh, in determining uh, the uh, purpose of a mechitza, right? Because anything higher than that, I'm sorry, anything lower than uh, than shoulder height would make it very easy for men and women to talk to each other, leading to that kind of uh, lightheaded behavior there. Now he says, of course, a uh, he says, of course, somebody who wants to be machvir and, to, and if a shul would would like to have a mechitza that's higher and actually goes higher than the head, then of course a bracha should come upon them, and it's a wonderful thing. But the minimal obligation is for it to only to be up to the shoulders. And he says, and don't think that, that in a scenario where a lot of women come to show with their head uncovered, that it would seem at first glance to be a halachically a problem to daven in the presence of women who should be covering their hair who are not. He says that the Aracha Shulchan has already set a precedent and said that that particular issue is, is not an issue in modern times when it's so common. Right? He says, but of course it's a nice thing for, for shuls that, that are able to do so without causing a machlokas in the shul to raise their mechitza, and, um, but, but minimally it just has to be 18 tvachim. And he says, this would only apply, of course, when we have large numbers of people gathering, but when you only have individuals, even if they're davening, like we find by Chana, the story of Chana and Eli HaKohen in the Mishkan, it seem, seems like they were right next to each other, so that, that, that's, the issue doesn't, um, is not there. So that's pretty much a summary of his first truva on the issue. As you can imagine, others, other rabbis throughout America wrote to him, bringing up various uh, scenarios, um, um, see-through mechitas, etc., but that's, uh, that's for starters, his initial truva in 19. 45 on the issue. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yes, minimally. That's the, uh, that's the mechitza obligation. Yes. Actually, his tshuva immediately following this seems to be, and we'll get to it tomorrow night, another, um, seems to be addressed to a rabbi who accused him of not, of not worrying about, the, about men looking at women. As suggesting that he doesn't have a problem with that. He's going to respond, of course he has a problem with that, but that's separate from the issue of Mechitza, and he discusses that. Yeah.